0: hello and welcome to it's a fandom thing on this episode we're going to be talking about the series for to all the boys so we're gonna be talking about just the movies so to all the boys i've loved before to all the boys p.s i still love you and the final one to all the boys always and forever so this should be a lot of fun i like i said on our um psych episode. I was really into watching these, rewatching them and falling in love with them again. And I just think they're great romantic comedies and great teen comedies and all that stuff. So I'm really excited to talk about this. But before I introduce my amazing panel, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Of course, we are taking listener support. So if you want to support the show and support one Black Lives Matter organization and one-stop Asian hate organization per month, head on over to our Anchor page or click Listener Support in the show notes. And also, big, big reminder and announcement, a couple of them. First one is we are doing a live trivia night on Saturday, May 15th at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's going to be incredible. We're going to be giving away podcast merch We're also, we have one podcast that's going to be on Liberty Liberty Diner Dish, which we've had a shell on before. And she's going to be on along with her co-host, Ken, and they are going to be doing something a little bit different. So for every correct trivia answer, or we haven't exactly figured out how that will go, they are going to donate to a charity of the winner's choice. And then there will be other prizes and stuff. And we have Bedwed Behead joining us. We have my streaming bubble joining us. We have yeah, the two bed the two boobs are here today and they just looked really surprised like they had no idea.. And then we have <laughs> we have sort of brilliant joining us. We have sudden but inevitable. We have Twist my arm, We have best flicks. We have I mean we just it's it's just going to be incredible. So we have a lot of amazing, wonderful podcasts joining us. so it's going to be a ton of fun. So look for more information on that. Um, and then the second announcement, I'll save till the end. So let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into right now in pop culture. Start with you, Angela.
1: Right now I'm into pop culture. So um, haven't been much. I know Megan and I had watched the Mortal Kombat finally. Yes, here you go. And I just I had my thirst blood I've you know, so I I'm just hoping for like more new movies. of it and hoping to succeed um I did and I confession I did I finally watched the last movie of to the all the boys the last third one I know it's been overdue but watched it last night ready to talk about this now with all of my girls so I'm
0: really excited so awesome awesome well I'm glad that Luke because I know you mentioned Mortal Kombat on our Oscars episode so I'm glad that you're able uh,
2: to see
1: it. It's not much of a. It's not much of an Oscar. It's like mostly now just like fuck mink. <laughs> it it's still so, fuck Mank I'm so kind of mad that they even have two reward for that. I'm just like, it was like two shot of gin on that time <laughs> per of their wins. I was like, why did fuck that ever happen? <laughs> exactly. Hashtag fuck mink. This is what it is <laughs>
0: awesome well thank you and carla
1: first of all i want you to know that i
3: went ahead and unmuted first because i'm so used to being the
0: first i know new i new saw twist. you do that too. I
3: was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun new twist for me <laughs> but as for what i'm into in pop culture i actually started watching the show party down on the suggestion of one of our listeners at bed White, and behead and from the first episode, I'm kind of sold. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of silly. I think Meg would like it because it's kind of it has some of that cringy The Office type humor. So I think that would be like, <laughs> don't give me that look. That's totally up your alley. But it, it's a lot of fun. I'm also glad to be able to go back to watching Queers Folk, which I can only do after my child is in bed, except for this weekend when the child is with my mother. And I will be just sitting there, ignoring my husband, watching Queers Folk, because I can't. In the daylight.
0: In the daylight. And I will be so happy. I've been so happy watching you. You're
3: always happy until you read my tweets about it, and then you're like, oh.
0: <laughs> well, the Brian tweets kind of break my heart, but I kind of expected that, so... <laughs>
3: yeah I long as you
0: weren't thoroughly surprised yeah and meg
4: uh yeah carl i've had enough cringe this
0: week i
3: think we've talked about <laughs> <laughs> no this is true this is true <laughs> but maybe once you recover from this particular cringe you can go on to somebody I, else
4: <laughs> i don't know if i ever will okay anyway but so i actually today just today started watching the irregulars and I'm digging that on Netflix. It's basically like kind of a supernaturally Sherlock Holmesy kind of thing. I have seen one episode. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's about it. And I'm still uh, watching The Witcher. And I will forever be obsessing over Shadow and Bone. And apparently I'm really into like f- uh, fantasy right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> escaping my own personal reality.
3: Anything to get you away from from your real life at this moment?
4: From between finding <laughs> melted wires in my hair ties and traumatic Winnie families, the po- Winnie the
0: Pooh
4: instances.
0: And we have Megan on. I have wanted to have a podcast with Megan. Megan on. So <laughs> I'm really glad they're both on. So Megan, what are you into?
2: Hi. Um. So actually. Thanks to my research of of watching uh, two all the boys. Um, I I started listening to uh K-pop music again. I, not that it really ever stopped, but there were just some old classics in all the movies that really just like warmed my heart and made me feel like, oh my god, I remember when I was a teenager and listened to this, and it was just magical, and wonderful. Um, so I've been uh listening to like a lot of uh like Girls' Generation as well as like Shiny and. Just a lot of old school like classic k-pop and it's been wonderful and it warms my heart that we get to talk about this today
0: yeah we're gonna do some we're gonna do an episode on k-pop at some point maybe next year we'll do that (laughs) (laughs) i see some celebrations for that (laughs) awesome and what i'm into is it's not so much a trailer it kind of is i'm all about the little teaser of for Dexter that we saw—that's all I care about right now. And because you actually got to see Dexter, got to see Michael C. Hall as Dexter, no mouth breathing, so it was okay for Carla. <laughs> yes, I
3: found a completely pal- palatable. I was so happy.
0: <laughs> but you know, you got to see him. He broke the fourth wall. He was—it was just so, so awesome. And you knew he had someone in a body bag back, back there, which. That shouldn't excite me, but it was just really, <laughs> <laughs> it just did because I love Dexter so much. And I'm probably too optimistic about this. And I'm not an optimistic person, but I'm too optimistic that this will make up for that final season. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting Speaking. such Gilmore girl flashbacks.
2: <laughs> don't revival. <laughs> <to> <laughs> <laughs> don't wish that evil on us
4: <laughs> exactly feel what i feel <laughs> i think by the end yeah. of this by the end of this it'll be determined that megan's the favorite megan I'm just, <laughs> like, <laughs> dexter's gonna be like lorelei
0: <laughs> okay let's get into the to all the boys movies so we're just gonna focus on the movies not the books So we're going to start and just kind of just get our overall thoughts. So let's talk about the very first one to all the boys I've loved before. So I want to get just your general overall thoughts on the first one, Angela.
1: So I've been uh, watching all three of them with Jeff. If anyone knows, Jeff is my boyfriend. And honestly, it's, I don't know, it's just really weird. And For those who actually know Jeff, Jeff, you know, I'm Asian. Jeff is white drove a jeep <laughs> and i swear to god like every time i was like watching like i just like why does it feel like it's like talking about me and it's like it's like bringing me back to high school again too just because basically the the actually like like actually the three guys that I actually was in love in high school all started with j's and it's just so interesting and actually they were also into jeeps too and i was just like i swear to god the first one you, have a, you type. have a
0: type <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you bake and you bake and I bake. <laughs> <laughs> I was like what
1: is this <laughs> she bakes when she's like having all of these stress and all these stuff and I'm just like oh my god I feel like someone is stalking me and somewhere out there that Arthur must have known my family or me somehow. She's Paul. <laughs> Arthur's probably my godmother and I don't even know it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is though, I don't, before you att- start attacking me, the thing is though, I hate high school movies. I just, maybe because I have dealt with so much like issues being the high schoolers and just going through bullies and because of me being Asian and all these stuff. But to all the boys' collections, though, it was just so wholesome. And I just cried. And I just, like, I just... It makes me feel like this is the first movie. Like, it makes me feel like this is... I don't know, like, you know, without my whole, like, culture or, you know, the restrictions and just, you know, having accepting parents and just being free it's just like I know I can see myself just like you know one this and like you know this is something my life would have been if you know it's just a lot of like emotion roller coaster it's like so empowering to me and it's just like I I just you know the fact that you know she just keep her characters just keep growing and you know just being and she just keep being true to herself you know and that's like the hardest thing for me you know being in high school and just just seeing that it's just like man you know, anyways, I just love the whole cool collection. I'm, I'm, I, you did ask me what I think about the first movie and I kind of just no, like.
0: it's ah. fine. So. <laughs> it's fine. And I love that, you know, it's so it's so funny that Jeff drives a Jeep and all the all these similarities and the all down to the baking. And I mean, Angela, it makes these beautiful, I mean, like artwork Desserts—they're like a piece of art. So really, they're they're absolutely incredible. I'm just an amateur. Just, don't know you're talking about. Uh, no, no, I, that's not. True. I, I
2: she makes the best <laughs> cakes.
4: <laughs> I was fully prepared for Angel. Like, yeah, my boyfriend's name middle name is Peter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would have been hilarious. <laughs> It was kind uh, of My funny. sister's Kitty. I, it's it's so weird. Actually, um, this is inadvertently just about you, Angela. <laughs>
1: it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I do have a sister that is not named Kitty, though, but she's very much, she has to go to school with Megan, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny, though, because um, I was talking to Jeff earlier today. I was like, and um, I had this whole college crush named, you know, Nate. For a very long ass time. I was talking to Jeff today, and I was like, Jeff, what if I just kissed Nate? And I, you know, maybe he's just the wrong person. He's like, he's like really, Angela? Like, I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> so you don't have hidden love
2: letters? Oh, no. Or- okay, <laughs> I mean, not that I'm aware of.
1: Hopefully, I know. <laughs> that's
0: great. Well, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. And Carla, your overall thoughts on the first one.
1: The first
3: one, I I walked away just, you know, with floaty butterflies and little hearts coming out of all of my pores. I was just, you know, on on this absolute bubble of joy and happiness because it's so sweet. It's a sweet movie. The acting is great, in my opinion. And it really is just this beautiful love story uh, with like the, the funny premise of, you know, it comes about because... The youngest sister sends off her her bigger sister's love letters, which, by the way, if she was trying to get Laura Jean with Peter. Why mail all the rest of them out? Just mail out Peter's, but you know, like I guess Kitty was just being <laughs> thorough. <laughs> you know, like what do I know?
4: She said a one in five chance is better than just sending love <laughs> She said yeah. it was better odds.
3: <laughs> okay, well, I I didn't remember that, but that does sound like like Kitty. Uh, and the other thing that that I want to point out is that Anna Cathart, Car- Car- who plays Kitty was on The Odd Squad on, uh, I think it's like Universal Kids or something, which is an awesome show for kids, if you're looking for something for your kids to watch. And she's fantastic there. She's one of the the main characters on that show. And she's every bit as awesome as she is in this movie. But enough about her. Uh, (laughs) it, It made me think a lot about the stuff that I like to watch and read when I was in high school with that kind of aspirational thing of, you know, like, oh, maybe something something like this can happen to me someday. You know, maybe one day my true love will just somehow discover that I'm into him and oh, he'll be into me. And then all of these fortuitous things will happen. And by the way, I am very far removed from high school now. And I can tell you, none of it happened to me, but that's fine. I'm not here to talk about my bitterness. Just to revel in Laura Jean and Peter's joy, which is beautiful and absolutely palpable it just comes across the this the screen so well how their chemistry is just so natural they are just i think especially with with younger actors who are portraying teens it's not it doesn't always feel natural it, it feels very um programmed like just you know like they know mm-hmm. how to move and do all of these things to make it kind of come across and then it just feels a bit forced, but this is a very natural chemistry that really, I think, made an already great premise for a film even better. But I I think in a lot of ways, because, you know, I'm not Asian, but I am other in a lot of other ways. So I know that my high school experience was, it, it did have like a lot of that feeling of, you know, like I don't fit in, you know, do these people that I'm trying to be friends with actually like me, you know, all of these insecurities that Laura Jean had in that first movie. Like I, I really related to them, but I think she was just so much more brave than I ever was because she, she faced those fears and she still went forward and um, she had her own little group that she developed even throughout this movie, because Lucas, one of the recipients of her letters she wasn't all that close to until he got the letter. And then they started, you know, to become closer friends. And he became one of her confidants. Um, And that just, I I thought, you know, it's a, a really sweet and beautiful way to approach how people who are marginalized in some way can kind of gravitate to each other, which happens even without those, these, you know, Exterior forces of a letter being mailed out. I also loved that because Lara Jean is the middle sister, you get this interesting perspective of seeing both her as a younger sister and as as an older sister mm-hmm. as the one who is you know remaining and picking up the the tasks that she believes an older sister has to to do and also a bit of the parenting because since their mother died when Kitty was very small, like, Margot and then Laura Jean kind of become a bit of a parent figure for for Kitty, who, like, basically almost needs no parental figures at all, because she's just, like, Mm. such a self-actualized person for an 11-year-old. And I know that, you know, there were probably... I know that I had, like, some issues with with Peter and the, the whole thing of, like, oh, let's pretend to be to be together and you know and he's kind of like coaching her on on ways and then he's kind of treating her like a puppy like good girl you know that's a good post for insta go ahead and post it do you want a biscuit that kind of thing but it's it also feels very sincere for a 16 year old for what a pair of 16 year olds might resort to and what they might do like their reactions that they they might have it just feels very it, it just flows very well because it because they are so young and their troubles are, they feel very natural for that age group. And just all in all, it's a beautiful little fantasy of, of what it might be to, to fall for the hot guy and have him fall for you right back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll have some comments about, about that. Cause I didn't view it that same way with, with Peter. So.
3: Yeah. Oh, just one thing that, that I forgot to mention though, is that, I was so annoyed at Laura Jean so many times because it's like how many times does he have to tell you and do people have to tell you and how, what how many ways does he need to show you that he's into you? And then she's like, you know, he's like, "Hey, Laura Jean, like I really like you and stuff." And she's like, "Why doesn't he like me, Carla?" And-
4: <laughs> I find it hilarious and adorable and ironic that that's what annoyed you about Laura Jean because um, <laughs> because I'm that's sure me, hundred percent. That is you. It is me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it is me. Over the I love you, beaten over the head with the I love you stick. Like, but does he like like me? (laughs) Right, no,
3: you know what? That's true. And you know what, Meg? I'm gonna Mm -hmm. go ahead and 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 let you pull from there because that is a very fun observation, and you're absolutely right.
4: I love you so much. Um, Okay, I absolutely adored this movie. Um, It combines a lot of my favorite things uh fake dating is a favorite trope of mine in romances love it like friends to to lovers i'm here for it i'm also here for the trope of if so, if you just have one conversation the movie would be over um, which is really frustrating and all three of these movies have that same thing which is like if we just talked um it also has john corbett who is Another favorite. And I will forever be bitter about Sex in the City, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I just, I thought it was really, really well done. I did read the books many moons ago. I loved how it's actually kind of, it's actually fairly believable that this is a high school and these are high school students. So many like high school movies, it's very clear, like um, mm-hmm. she's all that and stuff like that. When everyone is like 38 years old, but they're high schoolers <laughs> and their prom and stuff is like, it this really fancy place. And the, their high school is like the super modern high tech, everything. I'm like, that's just like, I just remember my high school where I couldn't shut my locker properly. <laughs> 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 but I, I really, really liked it. I think Peter and Laura Jean's relationship is really interesting. I did not find Peter nearly as frustrating as I found Laura Jean in it. Uh, I didn't, I never, like, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with Carla because that's what we do. (laughs) I don't think he was like coaching her like a puppy or anything like that, but she's made it very, very clear that she's completely inexperienced. She's never dated anyone. She doesn't really have any frame of reference to make any kind of really romantic relationship work fake or real and i think he's helping her so it maybe had a little little a little dat no not even a little bit i was gonna say it had a little bit of like the pygmalion or my fair lady to it but there's no makeover and that's another thing i absolutely loved about this movie Mm -hmm. laura jean does not need to change any part of herself um to attract the the popular boy um the other weird thing that i'm noticing is lacrosse is apparently like this really big sport in high school that i don't ever remember seeing.
3: It's I think an- it's a i think it's fake. I think it's no, like this like, fake thing that people, like the, the lacrosse. Like I know, not a real sport I know someone
4: who, I know
3: someone who's <laughs> played lacrosse. They are part of the agenda, Meg. But Don't get suckered. It's like,
4: it's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's lacrosse gate. But it's like one day, one day in 2005, Hollywood was like, you know, football players are dicks. Baseball's too boring. It doesn't matter that we're never going to actually watch any of these games. Let's have them carry a big stick fuck it lacrosse lacrosse is the high school sport from now on <laughs> so that was a that's a weird observation uh, and the, another thing i really wanted to touch on really really quick was i really loved the relationship between the girls and their dad i thought that such mm-hmm. a healthy loving father daughter relationship especially and and we look at how so he's a gynecologist which is relevant in, in some ways. But if you look at such something like 10 Things I Hate About You, where the dad is also an OBGYN, and how like relentless and strict and awful he really was as a parent for these girls, not letting them grow and explore themselves or mm-hmm. making them wear the pregnancy belly. I don't know if you guys remember this movie as well yes. as I did, but I love oh, yeah. this movie. But I, I hated did that. I hated that so much. Or I love in the to all the boys he's just like hey you know i'm not gonna pretend that you're not gonna have you're not thinking about sex and he gives her a giant <laughs> open condoms. of that's probably i know it's in the trailer but it's one of my favorite scenes and it also kind of one thing i really like about this movie too is i love the way their conversations don't feel like they're scripts they have like these little quips and asides, and it feels like a natural conversation that you have with people it's not like you say you're lying now I will say my line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you will say your line. Pause. I I was a theater major. I don't know if you guys can tell. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I, I I'm going to shut up though. Because I'm going to let
2: Megan talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Megan.
2: I walked into this movie very skeptical. Because I grew up in the golden age of high school music and I hated all of it. (laughs) I always felt that uh, Sharpay in that movie was not actually a villain and there was just a lot of mistakes made and they should have explained it better. And I thought that Gabriella was just a villain in herself for like wanting certain things and not changing and adapting. It's a whole other conversation, but I walked into this movie very skeptical. The only reason it popped up on my Netflix is because I already watched half the K-dramas on Netflix at that point and it popped up and I was like oh I have nothing to do I might as well watch it and I watch it and I realized this happened to me in high school and um I didn't think I didn't think this was like uh like a known experience like I thought it was just kind of unique to me so then I felt like not special at that moment and then I realized that because um, this guy that did this kind of scenario to me, uh, he used to carry this book, and I never knew what the book, I always remembered the book cover, but I never knew the name of the book. And um, yeah, so he read this book, and he enacted this all on me, only because, like, I had a boyfriend at the time I would always write love letters to and stuff, and, like, that was my big thing in life. So I came out of the movie feeling a little better initially, but I rewatched again, uh, like, after a month of feeling with that and it gave me what like Carla said the like the bubbly feelings and like the oh my goodness this is what love should be when you're a teenager and it's just those true love like nerves and you just fall in love with all the characters because all of them are really interesting and they're very well developed. I really loved the best friend of Laura James, um Christy I think her name was and she was just so unique and just so into her like this is who I am, and I, I'm i going to continue pursuing this role. Like, I don't need to necessarily go to college to succeed, but I know who I am as a person. I'm going to continue expressing myself. Like, I like that they played around a lot with those kind of rhetorics and allowed people to, like, fully immerse with each other and have disagreements um, throughout the film. But... I think my uh, the scene where I got most annoyed uh, was actually when Peter allowed uh, Jenna to have the scrunchie. That killed me. I was like, you know, that was like her most prized scrunchie. Okay, like I'm sorry, but uh, why would you give her most prized scrunchie to the one girl that she cannot stand? And I, at that point, I hated Peter for a hot minute just <laughs> because like it was too much for me, and I was like, no, that is not okay, and. I felt like this whole movie was just like this really weird attempt at love, and I feel like we all felt that as teenagers, especially when that first time—like you don't really know how to do it, but you have this vision on how it should be. And I thought they did a great job uh, catching on to that. And I, I personally, my favorite character is Kitty because Kitty just has all the answers. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> she's just the best character. <laughs> And she just has her own sense of style. And she's like, you know, Laura Jean, you need need a life. You can't sit here watching Golden Girls Forever. (laughs) Even though, like, I would join Laura Jean watching Golden Girls Forever. But but the first movie was absolutely perfect. And I I wouldn't change a thing about it. um, Just because it does capture a lot of that teenage angst and nerves. That I feel like a lot of teenage movies don't necessarily do a good job of doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I fell absolutely madly in love with it. Which you know, it always feels kind of odd when you're an adult and you love something that's teen, <laughs> it's teenagers. It always there's this odd feeling of like, okay, is it okay that I really am like, oh, this is just the sweetest love story, and oh, I just swoon. But that's the way I felt watching it. And to me, this is like. The closest thing to, for me, when I was young, we had John Hughes movies when I was before high school and we had John Hughes movies and John Hughes, while there are a lot of troubling aspects uh, to his movies, when you examine them now, he was like the master of this kind of genre. He was the master of high school romance and the high school movies. And these are really close to those, I think, except better in some ways. Because they don't have a lot of the sexism in there, um, you know. There's racism in some of John Hughes movies. Uh, there's a lot of issues with consent in John Hughes movies, and that kind of stuff. So you don't have as many of those issues in this one and this series of movies. And I think with with Peter Kavinsky, yeah, I think the scrunchy thing is is horrible. But from the very first moment you meet Peter. He's like not a perfect person, but he is somebody that is like that dream boyfriend in high school because he doesn't at all want to change her. He loves everything about her. He doesn't look down on her because of her inexperience. He's never like, oh, you're, you know, whatever, or I'm going to see. I didn't ever view it as training her or treating her like a dog or anything like that. I viewed it more like, He respected her and he knew that this was a big deal for her. He knew that she wasn't sure what to do and he was just helping her through that. And he was also, I think in a way, he was just also very excited to be doing it because I think he liked her from the very second, from the very first second. I think it was always there, even when he first came up to her and said, you know, I'm I'm not interested. I you <laughs> she could tell that that was him. BS. Yeah, <laughs> then she attacks him and kisses him, but you could tell that that wasn't true. I think, and that's the one ongoing thread the the throughout all these movies. Even though he messes up a couple times in the, in the other ones, and we'll get to that, and she does too. But I think the really consistent thing is that he really, really, really likes her, and then really loves her. I mean, he's the first one to say he loves her. I mean, putting aside the love letters, because those were written when she was a little kid. So that's a little bit different, I think. But he's the first one to say, I love you. He's the first one to really, I think, completely show that he desires her, which is so obvious. And I think the hot tub scene, when they have that kiss in the hot tub scene, that is one of the best kiss scenes in any romantic movie Oh, it's
4: so hot, but also yeah. completely innocent and like appropriate. for Exactly for mm-hmm. the setting, but it's 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 a great it's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's, also it's love that, that you're, you're like, is it okay if I'm watching this <laughs> movie, and I'm sitting here, a 36 year old woman in a YA book club. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but I, I think I mean I. I have those moments where I'm kind of like, okay, should I be? I mean, when I rewatch stuff from when I was younger, I don't feel that. But then when you're older, you're kind of like, okay, I keep watching all these teen romance movies. That's kind of weird, right?
4: Yeah, I'm <laughs> framing it. I'm framing it to I have a soon to be teenage daughter.
0: There you go. See, uh, you have a good, like, see, I don't know. I,
4: I got to keep my finger on the pulse of what the youths are doing.
1: <laughs> well, to be honest, though, to be honest, though, like a lot of like the young adults arthur's are in like their 30s and 40s Mm -hmm. and they're writing this you know like the steamy Mm -hmm. teen love stories and sex Um, and so (laughs) no that's very true they all have their fantasies too it's okay so that's why fan fiction Yeah,
0: no, that's that's a very good point. But it's just, it is just something that that I think about. But yeah, I loved this one. I watched it. I think I watched it almost right away after the first time I watched it. I loved the final scene. I thought that scene was great, and I just really loved how uh, this movie. It, it's it's. You know, with the representation is great. but I and, and I also think what's great is having women and young girls being treated with such respect. And that's so rare. And I think that's amazing. And especially for young girls to watch this and see that is really incredible. And I do agree. The dad is amazing. I mean, that's like a dream father. That's a dream father. Just great at communicating. That you never have those because a lot of times when you'll see things where like a father is raising daughters, like in tend things I hate about you, and there are other examples too where they're raising them alone. and You'll have those. Oh gosh, I'm so overwhelmed about all the women in my around me and all the girls and blah 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 that kind of shtick. And you don't get that in this. You never get that in this.
4: Like honestly, the dad I feel like <laughs> is more unrealistic than Peter. Kam- like more to yeah. to be true than Peter Kavinsky. <laughs> necessarily because he is he's so supportive and caring and loving and he gives the girls space when they need it he doesn't pry he trusts them Mm -hmm. um and i love that disappointed dad face was like the biggest punishment that the girls could have because i related to that so hard i remember disappointing my dad was like the worst i thought it was the worst thing that could happen
0: And and I actually don't think of Peter Kavinsky as that unrealistic. Honestly, I don't think of him as someone that couldn't exist because he seems like he could exist. I mean, I don't think there are a lot of guys, like especially teenage boys, like that at all. Yeah,
4: that. that But I do
0: think he can. He does exist, and I think the chemistry between the two of them is really incredible. And that these movies wouldn't work if they didn't have really good chemistry, they, yeah. they would fall apart. I mean, that's key. And yeah. I think the I'm, actors work really good together. So
4: Unrealistic was probably the wrong term, but kind of like a too good to be true.
0: No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I agree with the scrunchy thing. And what's frustrating about that is it's like, it could have been so easy to be like, you don't have to take this. It could have been so easy to just take it away And he just kind of crumbles like, I just couldn't, I couldn't do anything. What was I supposed to do? And he does that a lot in these movies, honestly. And that's, I think his biggest fault is that he's just too quick to say, oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do anything. Oh, well, you know, shrug, which is a very male thing, honestly. But yeah, so I, so that's, that's his, that's his downfall there. But
3: so just to go back a bit, a bit to my statement. About the whole puppy thing. It, it's more that there are things that he didn't get. And that he was trying to kind of shoehorn in that. And yes, I, I agree that for the most part, he was very respectful of her. But but there are also some things that, that are just like, why the hell would you do that? And I know that for me, in a lot of ways, it's a very personal issue. Because when they get to the party and he asks her to take her hair down. And she wanted to have it up. I'm like, why? You know, like that was unnecessary. And that that is just, I uh, think that um, that hits me specifically. Hmm. And that may not matter to anybody else, including Lara Jean, including anybody else who sees the movie. Because as, you know, as an Afro-descendant person, if I have my hair up and I take off a scrunchie, my hair is not gonna flow down to my shoulders. Okay, my hair is going to like puff out and do weird, funky things. And as much as it might be good for a laugh at the moment, I'm not going into a party with my hair like that. And there were just a lot of times that that a guy would be like, oh, let me meet my friends. Can you take your hair down? I'm like, oh, sweetheart, mm-hmm. that's not how my hair works. So for me, it, it was just like a, a nature kind of, that made me really uncomfortable kind of thing. And that that's mostly what colored my view of a lot of the ways that he was kind of like, Okay, you did a good job um, posing next to me, or that kind. of When they're in the cafeteria, I think before school, and they're standing really closely together, and she's like kind of swooning in the romance thing of it, and he's like, "Okay, good job." And then he, you know, they go their their separate ways. So it it wasn't like he treats her like a like a dog. It's just that he kind of uh, leans hard into the fakeness of it, mm-hmm. no matter what he may be feeling or not. But that's just something that that struck me based on my personal stuff, which, like I said, may not matter to anybody else or mm-hmm. to Laura Jean, but that's just my thing there.
0: No, that's, thanks for, for sh- thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, I didn't even, I just was like, oh, it's that trope of. Take your hair down trope thing and right, takes her right. hair Which, down, like, and she's different. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which again, it, it's
3: not sense. a big mm-hmm. deal. It sincerely is not to anybody but somebody like me who has hair that does not magically flow down to your shoulders when you take out your scrunchie. It's like I'm sorry, but that's not what's going to happen here, and you're going to so regret taking out my scrunchie, man.
0: But thank you for sh- yeah, because that's that's like that's that's a good point. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I I mean, I just think overall, you know, we, we did a poll on Twitter about, you know, which movie was their favorite out of the three and really what won was all of them equally. But, you know, for me, I actually would say this is probably my favorite, um, you know, because I, I don't know. I just think it's really almost a perfect romantic comedy. I can't think of really anything that I would necessarily change, even when the characters do things I don't like. I wouldn't necessarily change anything. I think it's pretty much close to perfect. Okay, so let's get into the second one, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Or no, sorry, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, which is the second one, which um, I know this is the one consistently that I see more complaints about than the other two. So I want to get some feedback on that one. So Angela, what are your thoughts on the sequel?
1: That's the one with John and Bush, right? Right, yes, with no. John Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. Don't. Kind of a confession, so I there was a part of me that wanted her to be with John Ambrose for just a quite second. No, just kidding. No, I actually kind of was rooting for them sorry my bad <laughs> it's just a lot of people feel way, so. I kind of was for a second there too so don't feel alone in this <laughs> I just like I think it was just like there's my, my perspective of just jock in general is like you're you're gonna get hurt it's, it's like never gonna end well it's like you know like cars it's like part of some of these are just personal opinions and I just and because you know and also because like John has a really nice smile like, and then he just seems he plays the piano and I'm I, I I'm sorry. Guys, people who, who who plays music instruments, it's like I get turned on by it. Okay, so <laughs> same, same. But it's okay, you know. I guess it's it's this a typical, you know, girls go through the bad boys. I did, uh, I, I, you know, it, it totally makes super sense. Not gonna lie, but I just this whole thing you know I, I just the whole thing i just like about this part was just like she and the thing and so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry i'm going back to this just because like going back to jeff and i because actually i don't know if everyone jeff is like my first boyfriend mm-hmm. i am very <laughs> luckily I, i'm not a virgin at that time so i'm, I'm in somewhat experience i just having this just moments of just like i swear to god just relate to this girl so much and i i don't know if i'm just like trigger in the, like a good way or a bad way but this whole like i there's time when i second guess my time of like just being with Jeff, just because he is like my first boyfriend and i always keep thinking to myself it's like am i as i was like watching this like do i just like made a mistake dude like do i need to like branch out if there's other guys out there that's like and you know he, this other like, guy treat me well then sometimes i can relate to laura james when you know when even if it's like something triggers or like someone bothers, like some there's part of me that feels like I can, I wish I, I, I'm pretty sure I can find someone better. And there's and then you, know, that's like a real and that's what like kind of almost like ruined my relationship, you know, in real life was just because like the actually what re- ruined relationship is expectations, and that was, you know, I feel like Laura Jean was having that, you know, moment was like you know, also with insecurities with you know Jen, so. It was just like, you know, she was, it was just like her trying to figure out, you know, if, did I make the right choice? Did I make the right decisions? So of all of this, everything was going on. And, you know, I, I can just like relate so much of it. And I just, and the thing is, though, I really like Ambush. and I really want her to be, but, you know, this, I actually kind of like, you know, Peter made, you know, made a man to it and he did other amazing, cute things. And I just, okay, went back. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But like I said, a lot of people thought that that was the big thing. Is a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, she should be with him now." Now, now we don't like Peter. That was the big I thing. I mean, with this frankly,
4: man. John Ambrose deserved better. I'm gonna throw that. I'm gonna throw yeah, that bomb. Honestly, yeah. yeah. And then I'll wait my turn to talk about it a little more because <laughs> I thought he was treated terribly unfairly.
1: Yes, you know, yes. just after that first kiss, and then she just like. I'm sorry, it's just about Peter. Bye. And then kiss Peter like what 10 minutes after.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so not telling him. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly why. Well, so it,
4: yeah, what well, not even the kiss, just the, she let him on and mm-hmm. didn't tell him that she was in a relationship. And that was unfair to Peter. That was unfair to John Ambrose. It, 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 I'm gonna wait my turn though.
1: You know, I now I thought about it, John does deserve someone better. You know, so Yeah. so that's just my (laughs) thoughts so also i uh, i continue to love lucas more and more yes every day also did i mention that i do have a gay best friend (laughs) i swear to god (laughs) how is this just so (laughs) going back to relate to me i'm just trying to to like (laughs) so but yes i just need now you know i just need and i don't i don't want to bash my my mother she's a credible strong woman just more acceptant, you know, just a little bit more acceptant. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I am, I'll go ahead and let it to Carla. She has, seems like she about to, a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, well, girl. I mean, that goes without
3: saying, I always have a lot to say. Whether or not <laughs> I know what I'm talking about is, re- is irrelevant. I will think of something to say. So, this movie was, for me, pretty much like the you know in Star Wars terms, this is like the second star star Wars movie, except instead of being the empire the Empire Strikes back it's Laura Jean's insecurities strike back, and that's what makes it for me the, the worst of the three and definitely like she she becomes unbearable to a degree in this movie, and i was you know I was messaging meg that you know in in our podcast, we don't deal with teenagers because that's just icky when you're talking about a show about bedding wedding yeah. yeah. and yeah you have to be but, an
4: adult at least for some portion for us right. to start to talk about you.
3: right but i i did tell her that if we did do that Laura jean would definitely be on the chopping block because good god um she t- lets her insecurities take over in the most unreasonable ways like I get the whole thing where she's new to dating and this is her first boyfriend and he has had all of these firsts with her former best friend. And this is a thing where, you know, they have a lot of history within that friend group where they've grown up together. They've known each other forever. And um, as Jen points out, part of the way that, you know, the, the thing that turned Jen off of being friends with Laura Jean is a Laura Jean kissed Peter at the spin the bottle party, which honestly was not really her fault. It's just the way the bottle goes. And and Peter's the one who was like, oh, let's just do this. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But, you know, both Jen holds on to this grudge and Laura Jean holds on to her never-ending insecurities. And what she says towards the end is true, that it's not about Peter getting over Jen. It's about Laura Jean getting over Jen. Um, because she did have that mental competition with her that didn't need to exist. There was really no need for it, especially when Peter, like I said about the first movie, is showing her left and right how much he cares about her, and she just kind of sees that as, you know, like, yeah, but do you really mean it? And, you know, like, he has to prove himself like every two frames, and -hmm. that's just not fair to him. And yet they both do and say a lot of really like ridiculous things and they they both go way hard into their their teenage feelings but it is a movie about teenagers and teenagers especially when they're you know they're having relationships and and they don't have the life experience that you do when you're older everything is so much more raw and so much more um it, it just it's it's exponentially harder when somebody tells you something that you don't want to hear and it you know just feels so much worse. And you know I just keep remembering the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch show with Melissa Joan Hart and there's a, a point where uh somebody puts Harvey in peril and the the solution is you know for um for Sabrina to you know, like if, if she wants to save him or something, she, if, if she wants to save something, she has to find her true love. And she goes to him, and the aunts are, you know, one of the aunts says to the other, "How do you know that she, that that would be her true love?" And she says, "And this always sticks with me. At sixteen, it's always true love." And that's what I feel when I when I think about these movies. It's um, if you're looking at this from a lens of like, well, you know, you're so much older, and that's not how things went down when I was a, a kid in a relationship. Or, you know, like, that's irrational to my 40-something-year-old mind. Well, yeah, but these are kids. And they're figuring things out and um, they don't have the privacy to figure it out. Everything's out on the internet, you know, just like Lara Jean and Peter's tape when they're in the hot tub and Jen releases it to the general public. Um, which the, he then knows about and hides from Lara Jean, which is mm. really screwed up. But That's one of those things that he's managing his relationship with his friend, Jen, who has been a huge part of his life for much longer than than Lara Jean has in a much different way, who is going through a lot of things herself. And he's trying to kind of, you know, balance that and her needs with Lara Jean's needs. And he doesn't do a good job of it. and He's not gracious about it. But that's just how you fumble about it. but it still was an annoying movie because Lara Jean was a little brat. <laughs> 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 like, good lord! I mean, like, yes, giving her all the grace for being a sixteen-year-old going through all of these new things and all of these changes in her life. But Jesus Christ, girl! Like, I swear to God,
0: was <laughs> a little brat.
4: <laughs>
3: I mean, And (laughs) Meg.
4: She's not, Carla's not wrong. Um, I found this to be a really frustrating, the most frustrating thing for the three uh, because Laura Jean and her insecurities and the the grass is always greener kind of mentality. And Angela, listening to you talk kind of about your experience with your boyfriend. So my husband and I met when I was 15 and we were friends for a bit and he was dating somebody else in, in a very serious relationship. Um, But they broke up and he and I started dating when I was 18 or 19. We started dating. And a few years into it, I got into a really bad depressive state. And I had a full out panic about is this what my life is going to be? I felt like I was kind of losing my identity within this relationship with someone like people were already calling me by his name. And it was, it, it I was 20. <laughs> so it was, it was very um, scary and very, very big to me. So I can understand kind of where Laura Dean's coming from, but we broke up for a year because I was like, I can't, I can't be in I I can't give in a relationship the effort and the work that a relationship deserves and takes. So we broke up for about a year and looking back that year is probably the best thing that ever happened to our relationship Um, I was very fortunate in that he loved me enough to be there (laughs) Um, when I had kind of figured out my shit and we got back together and we've been married now for almost 13 years. Um, So I, I could relate to that a lot when I'm watching Laura Jean. And I think that's kind of what made her so frustrating for me in a lot of ways, because Yes, your insecurities are always going to be there when you're a kid and it's your first relationship, all of that. But this is another situation where a conversation, just just have a conversation. And I think Laura Laura Jean suffers from the idea that once you're in a relationship, and this is something that's kind of put forth in books and movies and shows, and it's something that I rail against constantly, is that once you're in a relationship, once you get together, then all the work is done. All of the effort is gone it, and it should all just sail smoothly and there's no work and there's, there's no issues or anything like that in a relationship, which is as an adult, ridiculous. <laughs> like As an adult, it's absolutely ridiculous. As a 16 year old, I can 100% see her being like, well, the hard part's done. Um, Now everything should be smooth sailing. And she's reading all these romance novels and that's, and they all end when the relationship begins. So, it's generally all kind of building up to all of that. So I could see that, but she treated Peter and John Ambrose both terribly. The treehouse scene was probably the most awkward and frustrating mm-hmm. scenes because, still, when she's like, Oh, I just realized this would be a terrible idea. In that moment, she should have been like, She should have been able to reflect to herself and think, Why didn't I not tell Peter? that I was still hanging out with John Ambrose. Why did I not tell John Ambrose that I was in a relationship with Peter? And it was just, it made me very, it just, it made me frustrated. It made me angry. And I think a lot of it is because I can kind of relate to Laura Jean in that situation from, I remember being a kid myself and just like a spoiler alert, my husband's ex-girlfriend uh, who hated me when my husband and I first started dating and all through, when I was flirting with her boyfriend in high school, because I sucked, um, no. <laughs> um, she was actually a bridesmaid in our wedding. So like people can move on, mm-hmm. but it was just it made me really, really. It just it irritated the shit out of me because she took um, Peter not sending like those singing like songograms and not doing all of the things that he did with Jen. She took that as a slight against her. And something that meant she wasn't good enough and didn't listen when Peter literally says, no, that's just not you. You and Jen are not the same person. What mm-hmm. Jen likes, I know is not for you. I can't think of, i and, and everyone else hyping it up and like, oh my gosh, you should see what he did last time for da-da-da. And I get that. But again, have a conversation or trust the person that you're with when they tell you that they love it made me really, really sad for Peter because it's not like Peter wasn't dealing with his own insecurities. It's not like Peter wasn't having his own stuff. He's dealing with his dad, his issues with his father. He's dealing with his girlfriend, not like she's pulling away from him and he doesn't understand why. And of the two of them, I feel like he had more of a right to be insecure and he had a reason to be insecure because she's cultivating this relationship with somebody else behind Mm -hmm. his back. And it may not have gone, and it was very clearly leaning romantic. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pause now.
0: Yeah. I have Angela, thoughts. you, you <laughs> wanted to add something,
1: Angela? I'm not trying to disagree you, Meg. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I <I'm just kidding. laughs> wasn't going to be passive aggressive, though, but. <laughs> so I felt like, you know, I felt like I kind of understand. Um, you know, Laura genes of how you know she felt insecure, and you know, communications is just it's hard, like it's you know, for, especially for a teenager, mm-hmm. especially you know, when um, you know, just I there's a lot of time that I and you know, some of you guys already heard these stories for me from the last podcast. I used to be very whitewash. I get so insecure. I want, you know, because I've been bullied by Asian, I just always wanted to be, just be a white person. And that's what, I, you know, like, that's just, it's so, it's just, it's so hard to just kind of like, you know, like try to like, not feel like a nub because, you know, like in my mind, you know, white is like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, be that person, I won't succeed, and you know, I, and not get what I want. And I wonder if that's, and it doesn't even show that way. I don't, but for me though, like, because I have dealt with like, you know, just uh identities issues of, well you know, like, because I hate being Vietnamese for such a long as time language. Sorry, uh, <laughs> 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 to the point that I even like, you know, hurt my parents for, you know, like to the point, you know. You know, I can't, you know, I literally hate them because they bored me of having this eyes, this, this skins, this color. It's just so, it's just, I wonder if just part of it, her just like, you know, I need to like be, I wanted to because like, you know, like I am jealous and I wanted to be like her and all these stuff. So, you know, just raise a bit. You guys can just disagree with me. It's just me, just personal. Well, no, I I fully get what you're saying because I had the same exact experience.
3: My dad is black. My mom is Mexican and I grew up in Mexico. I didn't move here until I was like 10. So I had very frequently that experience of like, why can't you be more white? And it's like, uh, they literally can't. And guess what? Neither can you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not going to be white period.
4: Well, and, and and just to kind of talk about the communication. Like, it's very easy for me as a 36-year-old woman to be like, why don't you guys just talk? Um, but talking, especially talking when you feel like the stakes are so high and mm-hmm. when someone you care about so much, that's hard for adults to do. So, well, I can sit here, like, back here and be like, well, blah, 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 why don't you just talk about it and talk about you? Like, I Like, under- I also understand that it's so much easier for me to say that 20 years older than Lara Jean is. And also, um, I still get really nervous sometimes about about communicating my own insecurities and my own fears, even and sometimes especially to my husband, because there's always going to be that kind of fear of like, well, what if they don't understand, or what if they reject you, or what if they say that you're being ridiculous? Even more than worse than all of that is just saying you're you're in, invalidating it. Um, but as far as the experience of Lara Jean and you Angela as being Asian American, I I have no way to relate to that. And I completely I, understand and, and and see what you're talking about and it's absolutely valid.
1: It doesn't and i see though it's fine. It doesn't really show it in the I, I don't see like you know, like Erin mm-hmm. said earlier, there's doesn't show like any like discriminations, you know, like she you know, it was just part of me just felt like I kind of like understood in some way, like, you know, I do get jealous mm-hmm. of you know just being you know i always you know wanted to be and especially growing from a strict asian family where you know if you talk back of your feeling or whatever it is you get smacked. you can't say anything all these stuff and so you know and, and th- if that that's even like still like i'm almost 29 and i'm still having a hard time trying to like communicate with not just my boyfriend but my family and my friends and you know that's just something that um you know, still learning. It's, you know, it's not bad stuff. So, so, but yes. Megan,
0: your thoughts?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I gotta hand it to the screenwriters. They did a really good job <laughs> at upsetting people. <laughs> because, um, and that's how I know good screenwriting, though, um, because I think they did a good job talking about what happens after the honeymoon phases and and I think that's really what it comes down to. It's like, now what? Now what do we do? Especially when you're a teenager, you haven't really experienced that before and I feel like Laura Dean, she was just as Meg said like stuck in this mentality of you know the romantic movies the, the the novels things like that and she's like oh like this is supposed to keep going why does it why is it changing why does it feel like it's ending just a lot of these crazy questions running through her and then on top of it like she'd never and this was my always problem with Peter is like they never actually dealt with the gender problem they never actually dealt with their problems They just kind of did, like, romantic gestures and stuff. And they're like, oh, yay. And that that fixed it. And it really didn't. So now they were forced to confront the problems. Like I said, it's, like, not the empire strike back, but their insecurities strike back. I think that's a great way to uh, phrase it. Because they're both just in this mindset that, oh, we're getting distant with each other. We're doing these weird things. I don't know how to react. I'm going to try and change this person to me a little bit more. I'm going to, it's this constant tugging pulling and at the end I think they find like you know like they're making each other unhappy like this and even though that's how every relationship goes and I think this is where like even online dating has its problematic issues I think people expect this idea of like a honeymoon phase to continue a lot longer than it does and it's it, the thing, truth be told it ends pretty fast and it comes down to like if you guys have anything in common um if you guys do Do things together and make each other feel special, and is there that genuine connection? And I feel bad for John because he he was played dirty at the very end of it and through all of it, just because like he was kind of dragged in the mud by Laura in the essence of like, oh, like I'm only the second best kind of mentality, and I've been there before personally, so I, I relate to that kind of rhetoric a lot, especially when I really vibe with someone, and I can see why he was a little bit like disheartened by it. Uh, to say the least, um, I think I just find that at the end I, I was irritated with both Laura Jane and Pierre equally because, uh, as Meg said, like I just wanted them to communicate so bad that they were both so in each other's like own thoughts and rhetoric of how things should go and why isn't it going this way and what do I do what do I do constant like over and over mentality, and it, it drove me crazy at the end. But then I, it took me watching the third movie and watching back to the second one to be like this is what happens in relationships. So I was, like, getting over that hump, that that inevitable, terrible hump. And I it actually gave me hope that, like, this is normal and stuff like that. The only thing I wish this movie would have done is it would have forced them both to talk more at the end. Like, there was some talking done, but it was still kind of in the base. And, and I think that was like my bigger problem is that they didn't actually really like come to like get overall conclusion with it. They just sort of grand romantic gesture, and I love you, and that was it. So uh-huh. it left me a little bit like, well, this isn't healthy. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, it's like but... they didn't actually solve the problem. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I wish we would have saw more of that because that's, that's what I loved about the first and the third movie is they dealt with more. Like I think they had a relationship counselor there or someone that they talked to. And I want more teenagers to experience the healthy, like communication, these connections, things like that by communicating. And like the third movie is my favorite solely because of the consent aspect and the conversations had over and over again about it. That was a huge thing for me. And I wish I would have seen this when I was a teenager because it would have put me in a safer place personally. And I would have felt like, oh, if Laura because she's not, she's not like your ideal, like, protagonist that's, like, above and beyond. She's, like, someone like me. Like, a very kind of average, kind of cute. But, you know, like, we're working through things. And, and I think there needs to be more movies, especially high school movies like that. And I think that's where the second movie fell short for me, is that they were so, so focused on honeymoon phase and how do we get through this, that they didn't actually show the. T- fools that would need to get over it fully. They just kind of like stuck it on it and called it good.
0: Yeah, and they the love triangle thing was what they were also trying to do was a love triangle. And I hate those. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of what they were also trying to do there with having the John Ambrose character there. One thing I will say for Laura Jean is I think I think another big thing that she's going through here is that she has never felt desired. She's never felt liked. she's never felt beautiful or attractive in herself. And she has her own self-esteem issues. So I think the fact that she has these two guys that like her, I don't think she knew how to deal with that. And I think that was part of what it was, is that she was just so overwhelmed by that, that she kind of just let the flattery part of it get the best of her. And what she did was not okay. The way she treated John Ambrose was not okay. I mean, the way that she kind of left him at that dance and he's just there alone. you know, was really horrible and bad. And the whole treehouse thing was really unfair to both of them because, you know, she really it was very much i wanting, you know, having her cake and eating it too, kind of thing. And that was very much the way she treated that and treated him and But I do think a lot of that was that young insecurity there of, I've never had this before. I didn't think I could have this. I think part of her has always lived in her older sister's shadow, you know, and her older sister is this much more confident person and had this, you know, long-term boyfriend and the boyfriend that, you know, Laura Jean was in love with secretly or really was more like that teenage thing. Um, Like more like that, you know, butterflies thing and not really love, but more infatuation. So I think that's what happened to her. She's like, oh, wait, so two people are responding to these letters, not just one. And wow, this is so awesome. And maybe I can just kind of play along with this and no one's going to get hurt. And I don't think she really honestly realized how messed up that was and how many people were going to get hurt by that. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think what is interesting about this one is it starts to bring in that trying to heal that female friendship and trying to heal her friendship with Jen, which we haven't really talked about that a little bit with this one. But that's also what this one's trying to do. And I think they start doing that in a good way. I liked the treehouse scene between the two of them when it was just the two of them alone. I like the fact that Jen didn't remain this the evil person or the bad character or mean and cruel to her all the time. I liked that aspect a lot. I liked that they eventually became friends again. And I agree. I love Lucas. I absolutely love Lucas. I have also been the hag more times in my life than I can count. I always went to gay bars all the time. Those are my favorite places to go. Always, you know, just growing up, that was just the way it was. And I just, I, Love all my gay male friends. It was like just a very special, special relationship to have. So I loved that. And plus, I just love the Lucas character in general. Um, And I think it's so nice to have someone where even though there is a little bit that is about his sexuality, but at the same time, there's not this whole storyline of, you know, they're going to out him, you know, in some grand gesture, or he's going to have to go through a big painful thing. It's never really like that. He's just already out. And while he struggles with the fact that there aren't a lot of other gay boys in high school that he knows of, at least uh, there still is that aspect of, he's pretty strong within himself You never see him being bullied. You never see any of that kind of stuff. And so I think it's really great to have that positive representation. So, yeah, I I really love that character. But this is my least favorite of all of them. I like Peter and Laura Jean together, so I never really wanted her to be with John Ambrose. But I liked him. And I liked that there was a character that came in that, number one, wasn't like uh, so out I mean, yes, he's different from Peter, but he's not like there's never really seems to be this competition between them as far as like the two of them together. Like Peter actually likes him, like Peter even saying, you know, did he mention me in the letter? (laughs) I mean, he could have easily been like you what? He wrote you a letter and freaked out about that. And he doesn't. And that's very interesting to see. I think that's very cool to see the fact that they, you know, they like each other even though they both really like Laura Jean, they still like each other. And that's very rare. Usually you'd see, you know, one guy punches the other guy or they turn into, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was a nice thing. I do want to give it big props for that because I think that's very rare.
2: Or extreme brooding.
0: Extreme what?
2: Brooding.
3: Brooding, yes. The Rudolph, yes. That's but, true. You know, unlike yeah. unlike the, the Kissing Booth movies, oh god because i watched i watched the first one and i hated it i liked the very beginning before i, I knew it too, what it was going so. to it yeah before i knew what it was where i was oh, going gosh. where oh, it ended yeah. up being more like a cautionary tale like you know an after school special of like this is what an abusive boyfriend looks like in the beginning of your relationship please beware um but yeah there is that you know that uh jealousy and the punching of people just because you're jealous and you know your girl and it's she's kind of like your property mm-hmm. and it's a whole different thing from to all the boys i've loved before of of any of the the three movies and it's why i prefer this series over the kissing booth because well- this one gives <laughs> you like all kinds of positive um relationship Goal kind of things, whereas kissing booth gives you everything that you should that you should run screaming from.
4: Well, and I think what's great is yeah. the the guys in this in these movies are allowed to have feelings. They're not just angry right. or horny, uh, right? They they're they have a lot of complex <laughs> complex feelings, and mm-hmm. that's okay, and that's encouraged. And it's and it's and like you said, is much more desirable. Um, And I I raised my hand. I'm going to go to touch on what Aaron was talking about with Laura Jean and getting kind of that attention from John Ambrose and how overwhelming that must be for her. And that's one of the things that I absolutely 100% like when you find out someone likes you, it just feels good. And it's just it's nice. And it's not and it's very, very easy to fall into basking just kind of in that attention, especially if you're not used to it. I I think it just broke my heart a little bit that she was so caught up in enjoying this and being unsure of what's going on and just unable to handle that she forgot that there are other people's feelings kind of involved in that. And that's, that's, we all do it. We all, we all kind of get stuck in our own head. And I just, I thought that's something that they actually did really, really well as frustrating as it was for me in this movie. And I hate love triangles so much (laughs) but i really i liked how they did this one like you said with them not the guys not fighting with each other or being Mm -hmm. assholes to each other
0: yeah it's a nice it's a nice thing angela
1: um so i don't know if any of you besides megan watch korean drama i'm sorry i felt like it's very and somewhat has like an aspect of Korean drama just because in Korean dramas you always have the second characters that everybody loves so much. You have this what was it called? It's called the um second character syndrome for Korean dramas where you just Yes just second yes.
2: And I fall for it every time. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like
1: just always like people just rooting for the second characters, like they just love Like, this so because, like, the first, like, the I guess the main boy is just always like the rich, the bad boy, and all, and, and you know, the and then no matter or what they girl... love and immature, the, the always... In <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like I just have all this Korean. And I felt like I don't know if Miss ha- Megan, because you read the book, if Miss Han was. Korean. Is she's Korean or yeah. Yes. So makes sense. I mean all Asian uh, Asian dramas are very much like they're very wholesome. You know, they don't kiss or have sex until like the end, like the wait. Which is exactly what they <laughs> did in to Love all her. the boys. The sex in the end which we all waited because that's what but the thing is so it's three movie. So it, you just have to suffer a little bit, but Korean drama 16 episode. And then they finally kiss in episode 14. I was just having all these Korean dramas. And not, oh, oh my God, the fact that Chris, Love in Subway, Korean dramas korean dramas and they advertise subway they always eat subway like I remember you saying that on arcade <laughs> dramas episode
4: <laughs> i had no idea oh my god that's awesome i had such chuck flashbacks when they were like that because i don't know if any of you guys have watched the show chuck but when they were like on the bubble subway came in and they're like we'll basically pay for your whole season <laughs> of tv but you guys have to have a certain number of subway ads within the context <laughs> And when Chrissy was just like, I'm sitting in my sweet, sweet Subway contraband. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Did but I don't watch I don't, I don't, I don't, don't watch think a cool,
3: hip teenager is sitting there bragging about Subway. Yeah. like, like she's I, I'm sorry. She's I just really don't see that happening. Well, I'm counterculture. And I, I'm like, a... yeah. in like, all, and, and all of these like, weird makeup things. And I wear what I want. And I do what I want because <laughs> I'm Chris and I eat Subway. Yeah.
4: No. Like we we're we were talking about you've got mail on a different podcast and Kathleen Kelly is all like indie shops, independent bookstores, blah blah and then she goes to Starbucks and it's like
0: <laughs> That's true. They like, go sell your cred. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sorry, but did I everybody will explode? Say, the- I wish oh, go ahead.
2: So I watched the korean drama, um um Murphy's uh, uh La-, 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 La or whatever that was on Netflix. And the second guy, he is the most sexy dreamy. I'd eat him up in a second delicious snack I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> he's so mature, he cooks, he he takes care of her family. It's just everything. He's the whole freaking package. And and then she still chooses this other guy. And don't get me wrong, the other guy's okay. And he, he's cool. He's cool. But like this other guy, he even in his restaurant had this perfect photo of her this portrait. And like he's like, yeah, that's my prize possession blah blah and it just and that's what I felt in this is like John was like that for me in this is that he valued Laura so much he's like yeah I kept her it and, blah, blah, blah. and it was just so wholesome and sweet but I will say at the end with the secondary character for that K-drama he finally said you know what I, I'm too good for you like I'm sorry mm-hmm. no you need to go and take care of your feelings with this guy and I'll I'll, I'll talk to you we'll fix our friendship later and like that was it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I needed that, but I did. And I want them to do that more in movies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing about Korean dramas, like, you know, men's like they are very they're very open to their feelings. And when they do have there's a lot of love triangles in every Korean drama. But the thing is though, like like what it makes it like there's no fighting each other. They just are like passive aggressive but in like silly way as like oh i am going to do something stupid i'm gonna make sure that he doesn't like you know come back to her but like in the stupid immature silly way it's just mm-hmm. it's just like it's a wholesome passive aggressive i don't know if that i don't know if that even makes sense but you know what i'm talking about so. yeah I don't know no i sense, do but I
3: you know what i like it
1: yeah no i know what <laughs> tra- you role of yeah. it Watch Korean well, dramas then. This is yeah.
4: and <laughs> this is making me want to restart. I was can't I don't remember the name of it, but it came on Netflix and it was like it was it's a Korean drama and she acts that she's from South Korea and she accidentally winds up over the border into North Korea and there's a soldier and and I can't remember the <laughs> <hintola>. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but I was it's, watching it and I was like, this is kind of perfect, but I I I can't remember if it was dubbed or subtitles. I have a really hard time with dubs. Um,
0: yeah, me too. Oh, I hate But
4: and subtitles, I'm fine reading subtitles. It's just it it, it changes when I can watch it because I have to actually like but I I was watching it and, I was, and my husband came in and he's like, "What in the hell are you?" He's like,
2: "Did you run out of everything?" My I boyfriend know? always says, no! "Are you are you having fun reading your show?" like he
1: looks at me. I believe that if I remember correctly, the show the Korean show is called "Landing on You," and yes, and the, uh, yes, yes! And, and, the, <laughs> and I'm so I'm sorry, but the actor he is the most popular, hottest Korean guy in south korea right now he's like is he he is so i I can't remember
4: why like he was not an unattractive (laughs) man that's for sure that's not why i was i stopped watching (laughs) 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 my husband just was like jesus christ
0: (laughs) with the met with the men thing and the the fighting each other and the jealousy and all that stuff i'm re-watching felicity right now And Felicity is an absolutely that show is holds up really well. Like I've been rewatching a lot of 90s and early 2000s stuff. And we're actually covering Felicity later this year. And Meg's going to be on that one. And I have a feeling we're going to have a little bit of a battle over (laughs) certain two two guys on there. Um, But it's interesting. (laughs) No, because I think because we've already talked about it before. That's why I say that. I think we've already talked about Noel and Ben.
3: Yeah, we have hashed that out. Yeah, because I think Noel is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still salty about the perception. But you know what? I'm not in that episode. So that's Carla, Carlin, oh, I, I think yeah,
4: agree and I on a man. Oh uh, yeah. I, I think we Noel normally is, don't oh, agree Noel is on, on men in low triangles. <laughs> it's nice to see.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- that's what I mean is we'll have an argument about that. But it's but it's interesting watching that one because you see with Ben and Noel that is such that thing of these two guys who just really don't like each other because they're both in love with the same woman. And instead of, I mean, they do have moments where they start to be sort of friends, but that never really completely gels. And you get a lot of jealousy, you know, in different situations in that show with different guys. So watching that. And then when you're looking at this one, it's so much different than that because you're not dealing with that. And that's the way most shows and movies are, is you'll have the men not liking each other. Same with the women. And you have a little bit of that in this, but it kind of it's not as I don't know. It's not as unhealthy. OK, so we're going to talk about the final one. I want to talk about the final one that came out this year to all the boys uh, always and forever. So I want to talk about what are your overall thoughts on how they wrapped up the series, Angela? So, Jeff and I were watching this together last night, and he eat that up. He
1: cried. I cry, too, but he eats that up cry kind of thing. It's just, <laughs> and it, I just, I love it so much, and i was just like, I can't believe I waited so long just to, like, I just love this, the whole culture, you know, the Korean, like, South Korean culture is bring out, like, the first few scenes, like, when they go to South Korea, and they finally brought out, like, the K-pop song in the background, and I was like, yeah, the jams! So, but, it's like, I'm just, like, so, I'm just, I don't know, but I'm just, I'm just, like, me just loving Korean drama and Megan's, you know, you probably felt the same way that I did, but just having that scene, just, like, you know, they're, you know, and it's just, like, I felt like it was, like, also so nice, It's like, a closure, in somewhat, you know, like their mom passing and they, you know, they're going through this family together. And the cute moment when they find their mom's log is so precious. And then they take the picture. And then Katie <laughs> finds her funny though, because like my favorite sister is Jennifer. <laughs> and I told Megan this, and, and Jennifer is just smart ass, you know, just doesn't do boys. And when she mentioned about boys, my heart was, like, pounding. I was like, what? Wait, what? Jennifer talking about boys? And I was, like, looking. And I was, I was watching as Kitty just, like, just, you know, like, just having them, like, having that boy talk. And she's so cute. And all these moments. And I just, like, I just, this whole movie is, just, movie is just so wholesome. And, like, I there's just so much going on. I don't know if you guys are feeling with me you know, or maybe I'm just a little bit tipsy and stuff like that. I'm just feeling this way. <laughs> <laughs> just, maybe that's why I'm tipsy. I would never I would never act like this way. Honestly. You are
4: just so full of like
3: all adorable
4: squee. I love it so yes.
3: much. I love how you like you act out every emotion. It is fantastic. Yeah. I'm living for this.
2: I was just the same <laughs> during this whole movie. I don't know
1: what to do about it. Just because, like, I think I just it. What? Freshies more is just the family, and like, oh God, like, and then Margot, you know, going back home, and Ashley, you know, like, it must be so hard for her. you know, just you know, having a new stepmom just right there is just like, it's just all rollercoaster. And then Peter and you know, Laura Jean. I just, just so like. Again, like there's part of me that I just, just want to choke Laura Jean. Sometimes, like just tell him that you're not didn't get accepted to Stanford. Just tell him now. And I like, <laughs> was like, I just wanted to smack her. It's like you're doing this again. You're you. This is the third movie, Laura Jean. You cannot have this habit again. It's like stop it. And but the thing is, though, like Peter, like like he's just so understanding. Like he, you know, like. Obviously, part of him felt like, you know, he was a little bit hurt, you know, but it's because, like, you know, he was going through his daddy issues, you know, and and that scene was also, like, break, you know, break my heart, you know, like, he finally, like, gets to rekindle his relationship with his dad, you know, and it's just, just everything about it. I just, this whole, that that third movie is, like, literally my favorite, you know, and also, can we just talk about Trevor? who gave Chris a subway for kids before prompts. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 her heart. That was also mean too, because because she has like, no, I would never. And then she's like,
0: you're adorable.
1: (laughs) I was like, actually just talking about like how Trevor gave her the subway. I was like, you know, for prompts. And it was just so unfair. I mean, yes, it's so cute, but also she, ha- she 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 knows that she has this, like, I'm not going to say yes. No, I would never. And then Subway. And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. How can I say no to a boy who wants me to eat fresh? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, this whole movie, and you know what the best part is? just, Laura, you can just, you know as much as it's just hurt, you know, to choose, you know, a party like she, you know, she chose her heart, she chose to, for a career, what she wants to do, you know, the, you know, just having that scary moments of, like, you know, I'm gonna lose him, and all these other stuff, and I just fell for her, because, like, you know, I didn't really have a choice of, you know, I, going to college, you know, it was just my parents straight to Regis, straight to whatever it is, you know, and I just, like Megan said, like I wish that all you know, young girls, and young boys, like w- you know, if I would have watched this, I felt like I, I don't know, just like just everything I've learned about consent, love, relationship, it's gonna be okay you know it's like just you know do what your heart wants and that's what exactly what the movie was and that and you I felt that and I cried and Jeff and I cried together and we don't know what to do (laughs) with each other so yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry that's that was just a lot though so but yes it's just basically how much I just love this movie and the culture family and everything so anyways uh You want to talk now, Carla? <laughs> <laughs> I that
0: was, I once again, I was once something. again, you're adorable, Angela. Okay,
3: <laughs> like that is the, the high level squeeing that I'm here for, and that. But it, it's in part because that that really tells you how deeply art can resonate with somebody when you can, you know, enjoy it so much that you're, you know, just squeeing left and right, and just enjoying all of these little things, all these little nuggets of joy, it it makes me so happy as a fellow fan of Mm -hmm. things that bring people joy. Like, it it Mm -hmm. really makes me so happy to see your happiness. And for me, it you know, I I just watched this movie for the first time this week. I hadn't watched it up until now. Yeah, I know. Erin has a shocked face. And it's completely (laughs) warranted. (laughs) It's completely warranted because I... You know, I had every intention of watching it when it first came out, but I, I think it was like it was probably during my, my Gilmore girls forced feeding of <laughs> that show. You mean delightful watch? <laughs> yes, delightful watch of the With your of the, 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 the white of rich white um, people show of, of the wasp hellscape, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but I, I'm honestly kind of glad that I didn't watch it until now because getting to enjoy it with fresh eyes has been such a joy for me. And there were a lot of times because Meg has, had already seen it, I think. And so I was messaging her, telling her like, you know, like, oh, I know how this is going to end. And I hate it already, even though I was loving everything going on up until that point. But because I thought for sure that they were, that they would end up splitting up on, on the pretense that, you know, it's what's best for everybody, and they both need space to grow, they're both kids, and they don't know what they really want, and then it ends up with them being together! And they're happy! And, like, there's hope in their eyes, and they're both, like, beautiful and excited for each other's future, and for what they, they can do together. And then, oh, and then Peter is like, yeah, we're gonna be apart for four years, but then we will be together forever! Like, honestly, like, how can you, like, resist falling in love with that? That was just like... Peter! <laughs> like, how do you get more perfect from movie to movie? Like, honestly, how is that even possible? You know, like, bro, leave some room for the other guys to also <laughs> have some semblance of, of awesomeness because you're just sucking it all up. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely. I was like, are we going to have a redux of the second movie? Because I can't handle it. But the whole thing where she doesn't tell Peter that she didn't get into, into Stanford. And thankfully, they didn't drag it out the entire yeah. movie. And frankly, he was really good about it. You know, like, I know that he had issues later on, especially when she announced, hey, so not only am I not going to Stanford, I'm also not going to Berkeley. And I'm also not going to be in California. I will, in fact, be 3,000 miles away. We're cool. We're cool. Okay. Um, and I think at every step of it, he took it as much in stride as he possibly could. Because he had been through a lot. And, you know, if we're looking at, at this as taking place in the span of like a year and a half, he's dealing with his friendship with Jen, their relationship ending, this magical trip with um, with Lara Jean beginning all of that, the crap that happened in the second installment. And also going, you know, graduating and um, his father trying to, to put back into his life. So it's just a lot, and it's you know, and and then you shorten it to this to this brief period of time where you have all of these things that are kind of uh, expectations that are placed on the popular dude. Where, okay, you are going to be prom king, you are going to go to college on a lacrosse scholarship. By the way, a lacrosse scholarship, like that, just feels so <laughs> weird to me. It feels you're like, so foreign to me. Yeah yeah it's what is this fake sport and why do we keep trying to make it happen can we not but whatever lacrosse scholarship and he's he's dealing with a lot so to me the fact that he doesn't really get upset about Mm -hmm. stuff until the very end speaks very highly of peter as a person who really puts everybody else before himself i don't care that he'll take the last slice of pizza If he's also going to be the guy who supports you as you're moving a bazillion miles away indefinitely, where it's not even like, oh, okay, just like we agreed with Berkeley, that you would go there for a year and then transfer into Stanford. Suddenly it's like, yeah, I'm also not transferring out of NYU because I follow up with this place. And by the way, can we just bring out the obvious that I don't think anybody dares mention? and i'm livid that nobody has has the the guts to say this that the real reason laura jean chose nyu the real reason is that she decided to move to a city where she would never have to drive again <laughs> She does not care about the pretty trees or New York in the, in the fall. This is Everybody all her agenda, is It's her
4: hidden For hidden agenda. Does she
3: doesn't one. want to, to live in, in California where she is forced to be behind the wheel of so a rude. vehicle with horsepower, this representation of what the man wants. No, she wants to move to NYU and never have to drive again. And that is really what this is all about. And I am so mad that nobody else has brought this up. Oh, I'm the one no. with courage to this. That's okay. I'm a
1: pioneer. <laughs> It's funny though because I actually don't. I mean, I do drive, I don't have a car, I do not like driving. And the thing is though, so Jeff is in Oklahoma now, and he's actually the only one driving to here every month. Oh, and, st- and so because he knows the score okay,
3: he knows what's up. Yep, if he knows what's good for him, he will do the driving because driving
1: sucks. Driving in California double sucks. He also knows that I'm stuck at driving him because I don't have a car. But also, <laughs> I'm stuck now, at driving Angela, him. I
4: need to know: Did you guys like meet and start talking again when you accidentally hit him with your car? Because that
2: might be too much.
3: That, that, that might be something that you, that you can sue for. Be like, you know what? Somebody stole the story of my life, I and I'm love, here. I, to, like, and I, do, I
4: have to mention: I love that because this is the first movie, and she's like, "I'm not comfortable using my mirrors." I'm like, "Okay." It's better for everyone that you don't drive because <laughs> yeah. you're not comfortable using your mirrors when you're, you're backing up, right? Um, it's like, hmm, maybe and you're you also, and you're also not turning around. Yeah. Right. How many yeah, other so, so creatures bring- did
3: Laura Jean run over? <laughs> That's what I wanted. Bring us back to my point. You know, Emily- <laughs> and the <and> hill <laughs> that you're going to no, die on. No. Not, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> To bring this back to my point, though, is the fact that Laura Jean decides to, oh, she fell in love with the city and she's looking at the Empire State building because I saw Predator has like all those lights and like (laughs) super (laughs) cool. But she doesn't have to drive, which is the real reason she's moving. Not the point. It's a point to me. But anyway, so. It feels like
4: quite a big point. I know. It's a big point. I'm pretty
3: passionate about it. I'm pretty passionate. No, I'm not passionate about this. I'm passionate (laughs) about the cover up.
2: Of this very
3: important Australian discussion. Yes, the conspiracy (laughs) about public transportation and our infrastructure as a country.
1: But (laughs) I will actually agree with Carla. I will agree with Carla just because I'm in the same boat. Whatever I choose (laughs) is because I have to make sure the bus is right there. So that I, I, I agree with Carla own.
4: because I'm picking my battles.
3: <laughs> you know what? This still works for me. I, I can live with that, and that's fine by me. Okay. So I agree with can.
0: Carla because then it'll make her like Brian, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <you're> right. <laughs>
3: Carla is 100% I love
4: like that you I think stopped that listening that. when you said, I agree with Carla. Nothing else matters. <laughs> none of the rest of that sentence matters. I agree with Carla, is all she'll hear. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yes, yes, yes.
1: I'm just gonna okay, be that but- person. I'm actually gonna be that person that I'm not gonna say I agree with Carla because I already know deep down, Carla already likes me anyways. I do. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> I do. I love Angela now and only Angela. The rest of you can go ahead and log off. Bye. We're done here. <laughs> Aside from from the the whole moving for public transportation, which valid, um, even though it, it takes you three thousand miles away from your from your boyfriend. I, I think that this was a very yes. They they have to create obstacles. Well, they don't have to, but they you know movies and TV shows resort to creating obstacles for couples because they they can't you know fathom the idea of, of couples having adventures beyond tension amongst themselves. But what I like about this is that because they're teenagers, because they're embarking on the the course that the rest of their lives will take them on, it is a more salient point. When you fall in love so young and then you make decisions based on that, I think a lot of the times, a lot of the times it works out great. Like in my high school, I don't know how many couples I I can't even count the count them that that got together in high school and are still having wonderful loving relationships today. But there for as many of those as there are, there are also as many that just go their separate ways or that try to make it work well beyond the expiration date and like with Margot, Margot broke up with josh because her mother was like you know don't keep dating the same guy from high school into your college years because you know whatever reason she gave her but for lara jean it's like again this is like a true love situation where they saw that you know what we can make it work we're not a statistic we are lara jean and peter and if we want to we can make this Work, And I don't know what's going to happen next, but I don't care. I, I I like the optimism with which the movie ended that they're going to go off and give it their all and uh, do what they can to maintain this magical relationship alive. And I think that's something that, um, whether or not it's realistic, I don't care. It, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it gives you so much hope. And I think that's one of the things that is lacking in um teenage and adolescent aged um, entertainment these days is that sense of just unabashed hope. There's so much, you know, apocalyptic and, you know, more, I guess, hyper-realistic portrayals of the high school experience and of the youth experience, which are great in their own way. But we do need these just very sweet, hopeful things to balance that out. Because otherwise, like, it's just misery upon misery. And it it really makes me happy to, um, to have something like this to enjoy and just helps me kind of like wash down all of the other harder, more realistic, quote-unquote, things <laughs> to have something so beautiful and so, you know, like the internet term of pure where it's just lovely. And like everybody's been saying about the consent thing, it was managed so beautifully because at no point did Lara Jean feel... Like she owed Peter sex, or that she mm-hmm. had to to use it to keep him around. And she, she, if she did, it was she put that on herself, because after after prom, you know, like Chris was telling her earlier, like you know, prom is the most magical time that you can lose your virginity, and she was also going, which is by the way, really like counter to all of Chris, um, as a character. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, it, it it was like it would it made no sense for Chris to say that, but. Lara Jean's doing what she can to hang on to to Peter, even in a way that's kind of, you know, uh, looking ahead to them being over. Because everything that that she did was kind of like a goodbye kiss type of deal with the the box and, and all of that. Peter was the one to put a stop to it, which I thought was wonderful because he loves Lara Jean. He wants her, but he doesn't want her this way. He wants it to be something real and that comes from her heart, not just from a sense of, if I don't do this, this guy's going to leave me. Or this is, you know, like a goodbye, a good goodbye lay mm-hmm. kind of thing. So when they actually do end up doing it, it, it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel like like anybody owes anything to anybody. It's just love.
0: And Meg?
4: Yeah, I'm going to... Concur with pretty much everything Carla said. Although I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up the pizza, the last pizza slice, and the last cupcake thing for just. A well, second. of course you are. No, because I found like that was the most ridiculous kind of thing to hold on to for John Ambrose. Which I mean, I get it. Everyone has these weird little things, but I'm from the Midwest. If someone doesn't grab that last piece, it will sit there and just shrivel up because no one where I like we will be sitting there. There'll be six of us. And there'll be one cheese curd in the middle, the last one, because no one will take it. Nobody wants to be the one to take the last slice of pizza or the last cupcake. Mm-hmm. Where I live, necessarily, so we need a Peter. We need someone to make that decision. My husband and charge. his family
3: are are the complete opposite. It's like they're reaching for the last piece as they're saying, "Does anybody want this?" They would have it, have it halfway to their mouth.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, it was just. Hilarious. A, it was such an interesting kind of thing to back in the second movie it kind of showed this weird kind of doubt and resentment that Laura Jean was starting to feel about Peter because she was flirting with John Ambrose and I just I thought that was really well done but I also had to be like why what's wrong with someone eating the last piece someone has to eat the last piece <laughs> I also like I'm also in the, the vein of if you have a party and there's all these dips and stuff out if it's not open, nobody will touch it. No one wants to be the one to open it. And no mm-hmm. one ever wants to be the first one to take that scoop. The first scoop. So if you want anyone to eat food at your house, you have to like mix it up before they even get there. So no one feels like they're messing it up. That's the Midwest. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so back to the third movie. I, I love this movie so much. Um, everything. Um, Angela and Carla have already said, I, I agree with, I thought it was, I was so worried. Like I've read the books, but I was so worried that in the movie, Lara Jean was going to go to Berkeley to be, to be close to Peter. Like I like my little romantic heart was like, Oh, but I want them to be together and, and all this other stuff. But as a woman, I was like, yes, you follow your dreams, follow your path. Do not, especially at that age, don't make all of your decisions based on the man or the boy in your life, because the only person, you know, 100 percent is going to be with you through your whole life is you. And following your dream and following your passion, I thought that was fantastic. I loved how hopeful it was. I love the little like, oh, 3000 miles is great for writing letters. And I'm trying to picture Peter trying to write letters and it's adorable. And I absolutely love it so, so much. Um, I, I I don't have as much to say because it, it's been a lot of it's kind of already been said. I just I mostly wanted to talk about pizza, which is a big shock. <laughs> Meg's hungry. I am hungry, actually. But it was it, I liked it. I liked how sweet it was. I liked the when, when I was talking before about letting Peter have feelings and let And and kind of and we didn't get into it as deeply as I think part of me really would have liked to is the complicated feelings that he has about his dad and the abandonment issues that he has from that and how and he tried really, really hard to not put that on Lara Jean when she said that she was going to go to New York. And but he had that one little dig when she said that she loves him and he said, well, not enough. And like that broke my heart for both of them. A little bit because you know that's about his dad you know like it and and i thought it was i would have liked to see a little bit more of that exploration for peter i know but this movie and i know this movie is about laura jean and it's about her kind of growing up and stuff but i i really wanted to see a little bit more of that i loved seeing them finally i like watching them grow up like you can very clearly watch them grow up and growing together throughout the movies. And when she's talking to her dad and he's just like, well, if you're not growing, then how are you going to be able to stay with somebody? If you, if you're not letting yourself grow to be with them because relationships aren't static. And I like how they kind of show that I liked how I don't, I just, I really, I really like this movie and it gave me heart eyes. And in my, I, I really liked the fact that she she didn't go to Berkeley or feel that pressure to go to Berkeley from anybody but herself. And it was the same thing with the consent with the prom stuff. It was weird that Chris mentioned having sex at prom and everything like that. I think Carla was right. That was completely out of character, but it felt like the movie was like, someone has to tell her that she better have sex on prom night as if it's not the thing that's been the biggest trope and the biggest stereotype and cliche since prom was a thing. But yeah, got to make sure somebody tells her that it's expected and no one else in the movie could like there was nobody else who could have done it. You couldn't picture either of her sisters ever saying it. Jen and her don't have that relationship. If a guy said it, it would make me want to this movie would not be this movie. (laughs) Um, So I feel like they're just like, we got to cram that in there. And that was probably the most the most awkward part of this whole movie was just Chris having that one exchange that was so weird. And I love that Peter is very much like, I don't want you to have sex with me because you feel like you have to have sex with me. I don't want you to feel pressured. And he never put any pressure on her whatsoever, which I thought was fantastic. And it reminded me of, a stand- I can't remember the stand up comedian's name he was talking about, um, being really worried about raising a good son. He was, and he's just like, Consent is really the bare minimum. What you want is participation. <laughs> Like you, and, and I like how that was portrayed. And I like that. I think too many movies kind of have it be like, I'm going to have sex with this guy before we go off to college. That way I'll I'll hold on to him. Like it's like a desperate attempt to hold on to, to your man basically when he goes off to college. And I like that they didn't do that. They, and I like that they approached it. And then purposely veered away from it and i think i think that's all i got right now i had something but it vanished when i started thinking about pizza
0: <laughs> <laughs> and megan
2: i was very excited when this movie came out uh and i you know i was ready i was like oh this is exciting blah blah i, I kind of knew what it was going to be about but i didn't really like click it together and then like six seconds into the movie when they were playing that song girls generation g I started crying immediately me. I mean, it was just all tears everywhere. I was super emotional. I'm like, I can't do this right now. And then I never turned on again. So last, last week, I was like, okay, I'm ready. And I had my tissue box. I had my snacks. I had my ice cream. That was the most important part for me. I needed my ice cream. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm ready to cry. <laughs> and, um, and that's exactly what I did for a majority of that movie is I cried and I laughed and I cried some more and laughed and cried at the same time. And it was just, I, I, I think i dehydrate myself really at the end of all this. I, one thing I want to point out about the second movie is uh, Dad was very smooth about picking up the neighbor. And he wasn't, like, creepy about it. He wasn't like, oh, I have to be, like, the macho macho. He was very kind and fantastic. And I was like, wow, this makes me feel confident that if, like, things don't work out with my current boyfriend, I could find love as an older person if I really wanted it. Like, that was, like, mind-blowing to me. And it was really, like, wholesome even in this third movie to see the soon-to-be stepmom start, like, acting more of a mom and, like, offering advice, but also asking if it was okay, too. Um, I, I definitely feel like, you know, that was the most important thing is that, you know, she asked and talked to the children. We got to see more of, like, what it means to have, like, a blended kind of family and how that would all work. And I agree with Meg that I wish we would have saw more of the fleshing out between uh, Peter and his dad. Just because, like, there was a lot of big moments in in that where he was just like, I I want nothing to do with him. And then it was kind of rushed to like, oh, well, we're kind of working on it, blah, blah. And I wish we would have seen more of that exchange. I would have willingly cut out, like, one of the scenes where it just felt a little bit awkward. I would have cut out where you guys said about Chris. Talking about the prompting that scene would have just been taught way we could have replaced it with this scene. Um, That's what I envisioned in my head, anyway. Um, My favorite scene, though, was the college party and the couch. (laughs) I thought it was very wholesome and it really rounded out the friendship that Lord Jean and Jen could have finally. and I was like, wow, like it doesn't always have to be so catty in high school, we don't have to live like this anymore. Like, we can. Grow above this. We can be friends with people that maybe we didn't initially click with. Like, like, it was just really wholesome to see that and see them both kind of fall in love with the idea of being friends and having like a group of things with. And what really had me in my feelings though was uh when uh, the letter in Lord Jean's yearbook that Peter wrote. I I was falling because like he he wrote everything and he poured his whole heart out into it. It. And I'm like, I'm, I'm dying. I'm like, dying. And I'm like, oh my god! And Kitty did this again. Kitty made this happen. <laughs> this is why Kitty's the greatest character. <laughs> and I just, I think for me, I think that this movie is my favorite just because of the amount of hope at the end. It is nice to see that it doesn't have to be like always. sad. it's like, you know, like we can try. Like we can put in the effort. We have it choice in this and I think that's how all relationships should be regardless of age and I'm glad that they allowed these kids to have that and there wasn't this huge push on like oh well you're too young and that was kind of my big worry with Margot actually was that she was going to be that character that really pushed that rhetoric because that was forced upon her and they get me wrong like it worked out for Margot and that's great but not everyone is a Margot and this is Laura Jean and she wanted to try and I, it warmed my Heart that we got to see both sides of that, and Kitty got to see both sides of that with her long boyfriend that hates Harry Potter. Like, I, I don't understand why he hates Harry Potter, but I, I if I were her age, is that youthful? I would have just been like, No, 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 no. Now that I have my foot in the door, enjoy the things I do.
0: Yeah, I mean, ditto to most everything everybody has already said, there's not really much more that I can add to what everyone has said about this this one. I thought it was really great. I thought it was a really great way to wrap it up. I really appreciated the fact, once again, echoing the fact that Peter very easily could have just slept with Laura Jean after the prom. He could have been like, whatever, I'm going to, yeah, I know in my heart that she doesn't, she's not really in the place to do it and she's doing it more out of desperation, but whatever, I'm just going to go ahead and get off. It doesn't matter because I'm a guy and I'm just going to get off. And so I really appreciated the fact that he didn't do that. And you knew how much he wanted to do that. And that really shows what a great and wonderful guy he is. I mean, he really is an incredible guy. I mean, he's just amazing. And she's very lucky to have him. And he's very lucky to have her. And I think that's what this movie really shows. And yeah, he went through a little bit of a struggle of feeling like she was abandoning him. And choosing something else over him. And he didn't like that. And and that all called back to his father. And as someone who has been personally abandoned. By her father twice in her life. I understand that feeling. And I do wish. That had been explored a little bit more. Because you do have this interesting. like You know you have two different fathers. Figures in this movie shown. You have of course. The very healthy father figure. Laura Jeans. And then you have. Um. Peter's father figure which is you know something that a lot of people deal with I think a lot more than Laura Jean's honestly so I just I think I I wish they would have explored that a little bit more I did like some of the scenes they had the the bowling alley scene when Peter sees his father there and his father there with a new family with his new family and basically you know chosen over that and I know For me personally, you know, my dad, the first time my dad left, he left because he met the love of his life, which of course wasn't my mom because they really were, you know, they really just did not mesh. And that woman did not want to have anything to do with a child. So he chose that over me. So that is a big thing that when you have that, when you know someone has chosen someone over you, especially if it's your own flesh and blood and they choose, you know, your own father's choosing somebody else. That's a painful thing. And you it lasts forever and ever and ever. And I know that's a lot of where my issues in my life stem from. So I I t- totally related to that. And I did like, though, what I liked about that situation with Peter is they never made Peter out to be this angry guy. Like he was never angry because of it. He was angry, but he was never like rageful or because that's usually what you'll see when you see that portrayed. And he was never like that. He still had a lot of compassion. He still cared and he still loved deeply and he still respected people and he respected Laura Jean and all that stuff. So I think that is so special. And that's also another thing that makes Peter so special and such a special partner and such a special companion and such such a special friend. And I wish I had known a Peter in high school. You know, I wish I (laughs) I mean, I think we all wish we had had that be our first love as someone like Peter. I think, I mean, I don't know. I just think he's, he's great. And I think what he wrote in the yearbook was so beautiful and so lovely and so amazing. And I don't think anyone could not fall for that because it was so honest and their meet cute was so adorable. We haven't mentioned that yet. And that was just, oh my gosh. And just him saying when she smiled, when you smiled at me. And my heart, and it was, and oh my gosh, it was so beautiful and sweet. And it was also nice to see a movie talk about a young boy, like feeling those feelings. And it being, I don't know, I just thought it was just, it, I just love the way they, that men and young adults are portrayed in this movie. It's just so different than other ones. And it just, it's just great. And I loved it. I thought it was perfect. I Yeah, I I do think the whole prom sex thing, every movie has to bring that up. I don't think they had to do that in this one, I will say. I don't think that had to be one, uh, something that they had to do. It wasn't necessary. But other than that, I think it's an all around pretty perfect movie. I mean, it's the perfect way to wrap it up. Nothing I would change really, except for maybe exploring. But I think if they had done that more throughout the movies of exploring Peter's relationship with his dad. I think that would have been nice to see more of that.
4: Well, and one thing I just wanted to bring up that I really appreciated about this movie was the popular kids in the high school. Peter included um, weren't assholes. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they were popular, well-liked people who weren't bullies to, to other kids in the school. They weren't like they were popular and they were well-liked because they were good people um jen and lara gina's side that's a personal relationship between the two of them and kind of a personal beef they have with each other you don't see jen being a a jerk to a bunch of other people or anything Mm -hmm. like that now something that i appreciated is like you can be popular you can be well-liked you can be in the the popular clique or whatever and not be a giant asshole to everybody around you and I really appreciate that. The other thing I really appreciated is that Josh was not in the second two movies. Because <laughs> he was yeah. the worst. We didn't get to talk about how much Josh sucked, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. Okay, well, I want to just wrap up and I want to go around and I want to ask everybody, honestly, looking down the road, do you think... Peter and Laura Jean stayed together, or do you think they broke up? Car- um, Angela, sorry.
1: My heart say that they will. Actually, no. My heart and brain will say yes. As long as they can, you know, continue communicating, you know, and not the whole like no talking bullshit thing, then yes, it will. You know, like if that's what they really want, it's that's you know, it will last. You know, I think they will last. It's just like their relationship was so cute. everything and I don't want them to broke up or else I'll just be mad. (laughs) (laughs) But I I mean I only like I said I honestly think so and I don't know if I'm just saying that just because I'm so dating my first boyfriend. (laughs) So good I have so many hopes and you know like you know and the struggles you know that I have dealt with you know on my first relationship you know like you know if you can make it work you can and at the same time the thing I love about this movie is like just the fact that it's like, hey, you know, if it doesn't work out, that's okay, too. And I love that this movie just opens so many options. Like, it's okay, you know. So I think that they're they're going to have babies. Probably, like, four. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Three girls, one boy. <laughs> wow. Honestly, though... Like it's just Peter is gonna be a great dad. I can imagine, and oh my god, all these kids that they're gonna have—they're gonna be fat from you know Laura Jean's baking and everything. (laughs) Cause that's gonna be me too. Cause I'm gonna make all these all my kids fat because all my baking stuff, and plus I'm pretty good at cooking too. So that's that's what's gonna happen. (laughs) I can just imagine, you know, just. And I felt like they're such in a good, better place now. Like you know, like. The closure with her, you know her mom passing and the dad's part like they can finally like you know get to like explore themselves and talk and everything so yeah it's it they're gonna last i believe so so if y'all disagree with me then you call you <laughs> y'all you need a shout gins each then so <laughs> carla do you agree
3: uh-oh. Okay, here's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> so they're going to get into this huge fight before Thanksgiving because Laura going to be like, you know what? I'm going to stay through Thanksgiving because it's just really far to travel for like two days. And Peter's going to be like, I can't believe this, man. Like, I'm not happy with the situation. So they're going to be like broken up for like a week and a half. And then he's going to surprise her by flying out to New York for Thanksgiving instead. And then they will make up. Be very happy that will carry them through junior year when they have another spectacular fight because Largie considering an internship at Oxford University. Like not an internship, like uh, considering doing a term there. Semester and So thank you, the semester abroad. And then Peter's going to be like, "What the hell, man? I thought we had these plans." And Largie's going to going to be like, "Well, you know, like it's going to be cool. It's fine. It's just like another like semester after I graduate." And Peter's going to be like, "No fair." And then he's going to like go with her to London because this is after college and frankly like you don't really see grad students playing the cross so which is not even a real thing so they will both go to London spend a magical semester out there and then while they're there Peter's going to propose, and Lauren's Jean's going to be like, mm, let me think about this. And Peter's <laughs> going to get mad, and then they're going to break up again for another month, and he's going to fly back to California. and then So then Lauren's going to be like, she'll go explore the world for a little while, and then she's going to come back and say, Peter, you're my world, and I can write from anywhere. And Peter's going to be like, that's awesome, man. And then they're going to move to like, they're gonna pick a place together and they're gonna move there together and be happy for the rest of their lives. As far as how many children, I'm not gonna say four simply because Larjan's gonna be very busy being a writer and also an editor because she's totally gonna be into that. And they, they might have like two. I think it'll be at least two, definitely. I don't know about four. That's I can see them adopting optimistic.
1: kids, though. I can see them adopting They kids.
3: could, yes. But I think that's <laughs> kind of something that, like, like when their kids get older and they miss that baby stage, you're going to be like, hey, so, like, what do we foster? And then they'll, they'll foster them, like, hey, what do we, we adopt? And then they end up with, like, eight kids. So that's their future. Yes. Four
1: or ten dogs and ten kids. Wow. Dogs. There's that. Well,
3: there's also that. Because then yeah. they'll buy a farm.
0: You're gonna Oh, yeah. A farm. Yeah. I love wow. it. Science skill wow. delivered. Man, everybody has given a lot more thought. I have.
3: That's sure. I have given this no thought. This is just the, oh. the logical progression is, of their this lives.
4: This is just Carla, Meg. I, I, first off, I would never dare contradict um, what Carla is saying. Their lives would be. I it was not nearly as detailed, but I was like my my like hopeless romantic. So I was like, everything will be perfect, and they're just going to they be together for like. But my more kind of realistic, like the distance is going to be tough for them. I think they'll probably, they'll have a big fight and they'll do a little, have a little bit of a breakup in there. But they'll be coming back together because they are, it is, they are end game. They are true love. Um, And apparently Laura Jean's going to go do some amazing internship in her her semester abroad (laughs) in London. Um, She'll hang out with her sister in Scotland for a little while, I'm sure.
3: And that's what he proposed, by the way.
4: Yeah, well, and I think what's gonna happen is Peter is gonna follow her to the UK. He's gonna fall in love with Scotland too, because because they're gonna go visit Margot and then they're gonna be he's gonna he'll be a shepherd. They'll they'll get a little
3: far. <laughs> oh, well, you know, a shepherd stick, a lacrosse stick. Pretty
4: it's much the same, right? Yeah, right. He can so perfectly
3: he can use those skills shepherd that got him through have, high school and college. Yeah, and then love of it.
4: course they're gonna be driving down the road and they're gonna see a highland cow calf and lara jean's gonna fall in love with this little adorable shaggy calf and bring one home to their little like i say this because i wanted to bring a highland calf home with me from scotland because they're like adorable and his name was jamie fraser (laughs) it was a whole row Either way, I, I just, I'm I going to subscribe 100% to Carla's theory because I do think they're going to have a big fight. They have to have a big fight and a little bit of a breakup because that's just part of growing up. Um, but they'll be back together. Kate, Megan, what is
0: your, your <laughs> big thing? I, really I was just going to be like, yes, extremely no, yes ela- no.
4: It's never just that with Carla. What's your extremely elaborate story? <laughs> well, not just
2: Carla. Angela had the big story too. That's true. Well, I'm not as big as Carla
1: though. That was very—I know that was very deep. Oh, Carla, <laughs> Carla wrote three more movies. I'm just gonna be—I just—I just like how you guys are on Netflix. Netflix. I'm just like so impressed because, like, I'm honest because also like I love Scotland so much. I want—I want to meet. I'm—I'm I'm, actually I'm gonna back up. I'm, I'm too drunk for this. I was gonna—I was gonna say. I was about to say that I want to find my my Jamie thing. <laughs> oh oh
4: i went to scotland and we went to the standing stones and i like full tilt and ran at them and my husband is like right fucking here
0: <laughs> with your children
2: <laughs> but sure.
0: okay megan take it away
2: um so my theory is i have to agree with carl like they've got they've got to be throughout this time like especially on where they're gonna go to meet each other in the middle well, That seemed to be like the ending consensus that they were going to meet in the middle somehow. But where's the middle? The Midwest, and there's only so many fun places in the Midwest. Like I'm sorry, but hey, hey.
4: <laughs>
2: so unless they go, all the I got way now, I
4: got an above
2: yeah, I got an like above Florida ground pool
4: and a bar in my basement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could go to Wisconsin for cheese. They can go there and explore the cheese like that's one good thing about it uh, so there'll be a lot of that and then like at the end like they're gonna they're gonna try a cruise okay like that's gonna be like the ultimate like we're gonna send it and then at that point they're gonna act impulsive because they're both getting on each other's nerves but they love each other and there's just all this weird passion and everything and then they just decide to get married okay they decide to get married on this cruise and like they they have incredible sex that night and it's such fantastic sex that they are like in love and like that lasts a couple of months, but then like she throws a hairdryer at him. Okay, she throws an a- a- actual hairdryer at him. And then <laughs> I think I think you know where I'm going with this. And then she realizes she's pregnant and they're twins. <gasps> and they're, twins. <laughs> they're twins. They're like, oh, like obviously the answer. Is we're gonna separate the twins, we're gonna like in- completely estranged in- because we're so mad at each other. We can't stand each other. <laughs> and Dorothy's <laughs> gonna have her own like publishing house in London and be living her best life, writing all these poems <laughs> and letters and everything. It <laughs> is bloody and like have like an accent and be in love with coffee while while Peter like I like I said he I, I can see him being a farmer of some sort. So like obviously he's gonna have a vineyard like a vineyard because. He's a classy guy. He's a really classy guy. He'll learn about grades. He'll he'll put in the work. (laughs) And then one day they will decide, oh wow, this is an interesting camp. I'm gonna send my kid here. And then those kids will meet up again, and then force their parents to become lovers again.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow.
2: One of my favorite things
4: about us is Aaron is like, we're gonna wrap this up quick. Thirty minutes ago, and just. (laughs) Watching Aaron's eyes get bigger and bigger.
3: <laughs> Meanwhile, each each panelist gets progressively more involved. In, like, I know! And then, like,
0: <laughs> Megan's was like this saga. Like- Although, <laughs> that's bad. Megan,
4: I do not appreciate the Wisconsin slander.
0: We have more than cheese.
4: We have beer. And I have an above ground. pool. It's great cheese, though. It's great
1: pretty- <laughs> cheese. Can I just be honest with you guys? I feel like I feel like you guys are like writing my stories and somewhat because I'm just I'm, I'm. Let me just be honest. So next year I'm going to go to Scotland. We're going to talk about Scotland. Jeff wants to be a farmer. What? This is amazing. <laughs> and not only that, not only that, Megan brought up twins. You know what's so funny? The Jeff's mother is a twin. It's going to pass <laughs> on. Oh, Megan. my Wait,
4: God. I, I have a quick question for Megan, though. Is your movie going to be to all the boys I've trapped before?
2: No! <laughs> 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 yeah! Suddenly, Please, Peter Kavinsky is
4: going to be played by Dennis Quaid. Tell
2: me you can With the hair curler hair, with the butler being like, I can't do this. I can't do it. <laughs> And then you see Peter dumbfounded and just completely Lindsay like. Lohan
4: is now the bad
2: stepmom
4: <laughs>
3: Wow! I mean, you asked Aaron, we just delivered. Yeah, I,
0: know, I really thought it was going to be like ten minutes. Pop, Aaron really
1: would all of us.
3: then I, I know.
0: How I know. long have you been running? I know. Podcast, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I should know better than this. <laughs> still, it still shocks me every time for some reason. I know. I was like. <laughs> well, I
4: was gonna say it's like serves you right for an open-ended question, but I was like, no, she asked a strict yes or no question. <laughs> Do you think they're still together? <laughs> Four hours later. And that is what happens when Peter dies of old age at a hundred. And now we're gonna follow their child as we <laughs>
3: Man. And then, of course, Christian Christian Bill will make an appearance from, yes! from Will. <laughs> yes, he will show up. Lara Jean, I can't believe you're not with Peter anymore. Has he not been a wonderful spouse to you? And Lara Jean will be like, oh, he's kind of wonderful. I no, no buts, Lara Jean. Go back go Except back to America. Butt.
4: Except my butt.
3: <laughs> go back to America.
0: And Remarry him. Have (laughs) a vow in your ceremony like your Americans love to do. I really don't even want to say my opinion because (laughs) everybody has voiced these amazing things. I think they last another six months tops. I think Laura Jean meets somebody else. I don't think Peter does. I think Laura Jean breaks Peter's heart. And then Peter... I think Peter becomes a writer. I don't think Peter becomes a farmer. I think Peter becomes a writer. I'm turning it more darker and down. Yeah, and then Laura Jean runs off with somebody else. Uh, She becomes, you know, really famous um, in some aspect. Maybe she has her own baker. Baker. Well, baker. But I think she also (laughs) will have her own blog, her own YouTube channel and then maybe they'll meet later on and it'll be a really sweet meet cute maybe they'll just hook up one other time but i'm of the belief because i'm a pessimist that they don't end up together so i'm sorry
1: you're trying to get are you trying to do the law Land ending Erin? is that what it is they're never they're they're, they're going to separate but you think they might come back but they weren't but they won't. <laughs> they won't do all won't. the didn't. I'm just, no, being, too have, I'm just being, being too realistic. They have they
2: have twins
4: and they separate them and then they send them. To camp.
1: <laughs> I feel like
4: I feel like I a mean, combination love- of Megan and Carla's uh, stories. Uh, that's the most real. That's the most realistic. Yes,
0: it's, it's extremely <laughs>
2: realistic.
0: What what I really loved was that they went on a cruise and then they had the most amazing sex in the world on a cruise. <laughs> Just because I just would never, I don't know. It's I, because I,
4: the motion of the ocean helped. <laughs> <laughs> the that, that's, that was part man, of my, my, my college it's edu- to the wall, so it never even gets close to <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, it swings back and hits
3: her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of my college education was that very important line of, it's not the size of the price, it's the motion of the ocean. And frankly, that was all I learned my freshman year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to close out and go around. Everybody can say where they can be found if you want to be found. I know one of our panelists will probably not be found, but we'll go around. So, Angela, where can they find you? Nowhere. <laughs> you usually say <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um,
1: yes. It's not nowhere. You can actually find me <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, T-O dot K-H-O-N-G though. Yes. Follow me. Also, if you want Big good, you know. Message me anytime; it's fine.
0: That sounded really dirty. <laughs> Slide into my jeans. Like you have an eight eight eight
1: number that you want to
0: also plug there in. You know, like, like, <laughs> you want some baked goods, I make some really good baked goods. <laughs> Let bake, goods. Oh
1: yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Did I tell you that my most favorite dessert okay. is cream puff? <laughs> okay. Okay, Carla. Meg and Meg can be
3: found on our podcast, Bed, Wet, or Behead, which you can find on any podcast carrier, the ones that carry good podcasts only, and on primarily on Twitter at bedwetbeheadpod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod, and you can look for us on Facebook if you still use that kind of technology.
4: Meg! You can you can find me on the Twitter um, at Wisconsinac w i s c o n s e n n a c h. Otherwise, you can find me basically lurking and trolling all over other people's Twitters because that's what I do. And that's I'm so much easier.
0: You're easy, <laughs>
4: <laughs> like Angela's big goods on a Sunday morning. Well, Meg knows,
0: yeah. I'm easy, like Sunday morning cream puffs, right?
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am.
0: Okay, Megan, are you remaining my anonymous friend? (laughs) Talk about cream puffs, quick.
2: You can find me uh, nowhere, actually, because I still want to remain anonymous. I enjoy this life. (laughs) It's my favorite kind of lifestyle (laughs)
4: <laughs> you can find her on it's a phantom thing pod certain episodes
0: she was. there you go about. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were about to just come out <laughs> I mean not come out but I thought you were about to- and this is Erin you can follow me on twitter at E April beauty the E and the A and the B are capitalized be sure to like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash it's a phantom thing pod on twitter at phantom thing pod no it's in that one on Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest, please feel free to reach out to us at It's a Pod at gmail.com. Next, tomorrow, actually tomorrow, we are going to be doing a live broadcast. It actually will end up not being our first live broadcast probably, but we're gonna be doing a live broadcast. Carla's gonna be there and Susie's gonna be there. And we are going to be talking about the television show Friends. And this could end Carla and I's friendship, because we're going to be talking about Ross, who is one of the creepiest characters ever on TV. And Carla likes him, so this could end our whole friendship. So be there live at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Check our Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz for a link. And then we're also going to be talking about the television show Chuck, It's just going to be Aaron and I talking about that. I know Meg's really sad because she was going to be in that one. And that's something that I've never watched before. So I'm actually starting to watch it. So that'll be a fun one as well. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Temmis. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive.